Welcome back to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. I'm your co-host, Kyle Bird. I'm Matt Parmley. And uh, we are joined by um, some frequent guest hosts, some uh, friends of ours. Um, we have uh, returning, we have Tom. What's up? Yes, what's up? How's your podcast going, my friend? Uh, it's going decently, and uh, I'm going to throw it out here. For your listeners, uh, hopefully this episode... When are you planning on releasing this episode? Uh, within the next two weeks mm. from, of recording. If it if it gets up uh, before the Dragon Ball Super Superhero Blu-ray drops, uh, head over to our Facebook page and like the post uh, and share it. And uh, you can be entered in a contest to win a free Blu-ray. And what, what's the date? What's, what's the... It's like March 14th. It's like... The okay. last day, so all right. And so. what's the name of your podcast? Since you haven't said it's it, it's uh, a Final Forum, <laughs> a Dragon Ball podcast, or something along those lines. It's Final Forum podcast. Uh, you'll be able to find it pretty easily if you're searching for that. Um, and yes, we we talk all things Dragon Ball, and we get into the culture of where various jokes came from and why they're funny or where various uh, elements of the show come from and how they are steeped in Japanese and Chinese and Hindu and Buddhist and Indian culture. You're also like 100% more sober on this than you were last time we had you for the Shin Ultraman <laughs> That's episode. That's a fact. Well, on the Shin Ultraman episode, we didn't we I don't think I mentioned it. I I don't recall though. Uh, I was, we were celebrating my wife had just won. She's a high school math teacher and she had just won teacher of the year at her school. So, uh, and then bird was like, Hey, get on and talk Ultraman with us. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so if you listen to the Shin Ultraman episode and if you're wondering why Tom sounds hammered, it's cause he is. Because he... <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, you may have heard the voice of our, Old friend Trev, my uh, uh, my original podcast co-host from way back in the day, uh, and usually when Trev's on, you know, Trev, with all due respect, usually when you're on, it's for something mm-hmm. stupid. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There, there's like two Trev episodes. Because the other one is, Trev, I feel like Trev has been on for all the MonsterVerse yes, episodes. Yes, for, for whatever reason, Trev uh, comes on to because rain I'm, in I'm, a, the, I'm the regular Joe perspective on those, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Trev's otherwise, on <laughs> for, like, the very official stuff, like MonsterVerse, Shin Godzilla, like, 
the the new big movie or mm-hmm. something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I think I did the first uh, Godzilla anime, and then I was like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Even Tom didn't want to be on the one for the second one. Me and Matt did that ourselves. And then the third one, Tom came back, but uh, and the, yeah, and Trev does every every now and then he'll come on uh, in October for some horror stuff. But uh, yeah, a lot of the time it, it, it's something dumb. <laughs> yeah, as just today. Yeah. Um, but glad, glad glad to join. I'm glad that you always think of me for the dumb stuff. I mean, no, I guess I'm I would glad. I would have it no other way. Um, dumb stuff is the theme of Trev's other podcast, though. Yeah, yeah it's true. Uh, yeah, my podcasts are going well as well. Uh, yep. uh, actually, my other my, my uh, X Men podcast just returned after a long hiatus. Uh, so, Days of Future podcast, examining the X Men. If you want to listen to me and my buddy Joe, just talk about all things X Men. Uh, just kind of really kind of more casual conversation about uh, like the comics and the movies, the cartoons, the toys, everything. And then uh, what Tom was just alluding to is my other show, Failure to Franchise, where uh, my buddy Chris and I look at movies that were meant to start franchises and didn't for whatever reason. And we're actually on that show starting a two-month theme that I'm really excited for. We're doing a theme called Pulp Frustration, where we're going to be looking at the 90s pulp hero movies. So we're going to do Dick Tracy, The Rocketeer, The Shadow, and The Phantom. And that's like that's a theme I've been wanting to do since we started this show. Yeah. So I'm really excited that's to finally perfect. dive into those. Perfect for you guys. Yeah. Um. Also, a chance to revisit the Rocketeer. That's a good movie. Yeah, I love the Rocketeer. I love. I, I yeah, away, but, I, I loved uh, yeah. it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. All right. So uh, the asylum uh, once again has brought us together. Uh, <laughs> as uh, you know. The asylum. As they do, do the entire yeah. nation, the world. The asylum brings them all together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, who, as we're as as we're talking about this, announced not too long ago, um, ape versus mecha ape. Was that what was is that what it was called? I think that's right. Um, starring Tom Arnold, of course. As what I what I of course. <laughs> <laughs> Well, which uh, what I love about what I love about this is they're almost like doing ideas that like the legendary movies aren't doing. Like this movie we're about to talk about soon, twenty twenty five Armageddon is like uh, they're destroy all monsters almost, and this this one is like oh they don't want to remake King Kong Escapes. We'll we'll do it. Um, and that's yeah, that's a sequel to Ape versus Monster people. So. I'll use eight versus monster heads. Trev, you don't have to do that one for failure franchise anymore. Oh yeah, we'll take that off the books. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think they went to Tom Arnold because now Tom Sizemore is not available to them anymore, and they were just like going through like the, yeah, it was the alphabetical... like some foresight. <laughs> foresight. <laughs> um, oh, that I almost said foresight. He's how come he hasn't like popped up in the asylum yet? Speaking of Dick Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> See how it all comes together? Oh, you're probably you're probably gonna be talking about Warren Beatty acting freaking insane yeah. <laughs> on the Dick sure. Tracy one. Um so I I mentioned, you know, our big movie today is twenty twenty five Armageddon. Um <laughs> now I, I don't know how much the we're gonna talk about another movie. I'm not sure how, how much conversation there will be, but we we, we gotta talk about it. Um, so Matt wanted to pair this with another movie and we, you know, we were just looking over like the asylums last, you know, any giant monster movies they might've done that we missed. 
And uh, there was either last year, maybe the year before, there was uh, Mega Boa starring Eric Roberts. And Matt's like, oh, let's, you know, that one, I was like, what about this one, maybe? And he was like, yeah, let's do it. And then we all watched it, and we were all like, uh, whatever. And then, uh, because he's just been chaotic lately, Matt was like, I, 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 like, I kind of liked it. So now we got to, like, talk about it. <laughs> um, so Mega Boa with Eric Roberts. Let's see. What year was that? I want to say it was 2021. last year. Okay. So twenty twenty one. It's hard to say. Like, do you, it's hard to really tell what years mean for the asylum anymore. Like, what these <laughs> early years mean. Yeah, they. Uh, you can't like look it's at an asylum the, movie and be like, "This one's from two thousand and twelve. Yeah, we'll, we'll, t- we'll talk about this more later. I'm sure we talk about their, our main event. But, uh, yeah, it's, just, it's uh, hard they, with they're... that in general. With like any like smaller movies that end up getting released on streaming services. Yeah, like it'll pop up for the first time anywhere that like a normal person can see it this year, but it'll have a date of like 2020 or 2021 on it because it premiered at TIFF or something, yeah, some you know. Festival, and you're like, yeah, that doesn't count, but okay. <laughs> and since that's how like so many like non-studio movies are released now, it's like almost. It's all, it's like pretty much everything we watch almost. <laughs> like so yeah, release years are like confusing now. Um so Mega Boa uh is uh, it's almost it's more of an anaconda mockbuster made like 20 years too late or 25 years I, 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 I would push that even further and say, oddly enough, it's not even Anaconda. It's Anaconda's Hunt for the Blood Orchid. Oh, right. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. second Anaconda movie, yeah. Because Eric Roberts is like a, a professor or whatever, and he takes his students to a rainforest. Yeah. Uh, that we find out later he like is like one of the most dangerous places on Earth. <laughs> um <laughs> And, well, maybe uh, he was misled because even though it's rainforest, it looks like just a random California forest that was yeah. probably behind the asylum it's, warehouse. It is a hundred percent a campsite with like a <laughs> yeah. fire pit and like <laughs> trails and a zip line. And, <laughs> yeah, they even utilize the zip line in the, in the movie. <laughs> they do. <they're, laughs> um, in like I don't know, in the first ten minutes or so, Eric Roberts gets. Uh, bit by a spider on his leg, and he spends ninety nine percent of the movie in a lawn chair. Listen, after I have, that, I have a theory. I, I think he was like, "Look, I'm going to make this movie, but I'm going to sit here the whole time, and I'm going to walk twenty steps total." He was even and sitting. Like, yeah, that was fine. That's not, yeah, that's not a theory. That's just like we know. That's, a, that's <laughs> no, like, no. Like, yeah, I mean, that he was just like, "That's how I'm going to make this movie," and they were fine with it. And honestly, they, the fact that they talk about how, like, he he remarks about how much he's not getting up from the chair the entire time. <laughs> I just cackled at it. I'm like I, I, having I, a good time at how stupid it is. I mentioned it in my letterbox review of this movie where I said, like, I was like, why, the one thing I was thinking when it started was like, I'm, I'm actually kind of impressed that they got Eric Roberts to come out to like a physical location. Because usually when he's in these like, B, he's in a lot of these B movies in the recent years. We talked about him a lot. And he's like definitely one of those one room actors. He's always just in like some shitty room that they've made look like an office. And he's just sitting behind a desk. I was like, oh, they actually got him to go out to like a forest. And then, yeah, like five minutes and he gets bit on the foot. And he's like, I'm just sitting in this chair. I was like, oh, okay. Even before, uh, even before he got bit, he like wasn't getting up. <laughs> no. Yeah. What if it's they like definitely, they definitely put that chair in the middle of a field. 
and said, all right, go walk out there. And like, then they filmed most of his dialogue walking out to that chair. (laughs) And then he sat in that chair all day. They filmed the rest of him. And then they filmed more of it as he was walking back to his trailer. (laughs) Um, so Eric Roberts, I just think he went like, he went from doing this in 2021 to being in Babylon in 2022. Yeah. And you know, and you, and you know, like any minute now he's going to be in another one of these dumb things. The oh, dude in, has like, to pay bills. This is the crazy, like, Bird Knight's call, call him the man who can walk in both worlds, because every year, he's, like, in, he's, like, in 20 of these, but then he also is, like, ev- like once, like, there's, like, one big movie every year he's also in, so he's still getting work in, like, legitimate blockbusters, and in big roles, too, like, he's got a substantial part in Babylon, but then he's also in 100 Asylum movies. Yeah, imagine, now, like... To be fair, he doesn't give the same level of energy, like, he's, like, good in Babylon, and then you see him here. <laughs> it's like, he's, he's giving what the movie deserves and what he's getting paid for, I'm sure. Imagine, like... That being an actor and like, you know, I don't know, for a whole, for a a couple months or whatever, you're, you know, every day you're acting with like Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie and, you know, there's like these lavish costumes and, and, you know, it's this big budget like period piece. And then like the month after that, you're making like this. (laughs) Like, that's gotta be weird. Um, and yeah, we I don't know, there used to be a, a few more guys like that that like have just not done it. like Ben Kingsley used to do that all the time like he'd be in those like UA Bowl movies and then be in like a Scorsese film or something. Um but yeah, I don't know is Eric Roberts like the last guy we have like that? I think to that level it seems like he is, yeah. Man, I wonder if we're going to get another guy like that at some point. If, like, John Travolta manages to, like, make another Hollywood comeback, because, you know, he's had, like, ten of them. Yeah. Um, and he's, like, about due for another one, I feel like. Like, he's, he's pretty soon, I feel like he'll probably, like, weasel his way back into a couple years of doing Hollywood, uh, you know, like, prestigious movies. Then maybe he'll be one of those guys, too, because he makes a lot of these junky, yeah, yeah. straight-to-video movies. Um, and, and, you know, obviously we, uh, we all know like the, that the sad situation with Bruce Willis, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, if, if things were, weren't, were not the way they are for him, you know, he, cause he's, he was doing a ton of these, you know, um, but he was doing like, you know, stuff like Looper and, you know, Wes Anderson films and then doing like, you know, those straight to video action movies, but yeah. I was going to say, I want to give the Asylum credit for, you know, for as like low budget and as down and dirty as they are, they never took advantage of Bruce Willis during that whole time. But then I realized it's probably just because they couldn't afford him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even, at that, even at that point, they couldn't. Um, uh, but yeah, you mentioned uh, the second Anaconda movie, which was Hunt for the Blood Orchid. Mm-hmm. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, of course... They need to go out into, uh, you know, the depths of the, the dangerous rainforest to, to get an orchid to uh, cure Eric Robert's spider bite because they can't get any, uh, any planes or helicopters to come pick him up because of the wind. And that we, is correct. And we get, like, a ten-minute scene of, like, the, the, his secretary or whatever, like, calling different pilots, and they all say no. Um. And so uh along the way there is a uh uh a giant boa, a mega boa if you will, um that like one by one is eating the students and um and uh I mean 
That's Megaboa. The the they're trying. It, I don't know. You have a pretty stock cast of characters. Like you have one that's like a a a, a war vet, and then another one that's like a more naive, you know, college kid, and then another guy who really doesn't do anything, uh, but he dies, and they like argue about it for like ten minutes. Like he was like, you know, the best Their person best ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Well, then there's Joaquin, the ostensible like hero of the film. Yeah, yeah. The guy who he's like a, he was like a hunter that was out there before them, and his partner got killed, and now he joins up with them. How could I forget Joaquin? Yeah, I, really. You know, I, you know how I didn't forget Joaquin. I have the IMDb page for this movie. Open oh, okay. yeah. I was gonna say that. Makes <laughs> I was gonna say I, I I I remember it because they say his name like a hundred times. Well, he also is the star of the only moment that like got a like legit like guffaw from me, a big laugh. And you you mentioned the zipline, and it's that moment where it's when they the two girls go off in the zipline, and he jumps after them, and like the edit there because they cut to him. Like <laughs> everyone knows how a zipline works, right? Like you you go down a zipline, you're going down a zipline. So the two girls like jump down, and they're like sliding down, and he jumps after them. And then they cut to like a shot above them and he's somehow going up in the air and like grabbing onto their, <laughs> onto their legs. <laughs> and it just makes no sense because first of all, he wouldn't have caught up to them, but also the physics are impossible. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I thought that I was mean, great. Uh, I love how when the one friend dies and like he like disappears and then the, the snake like spits up a puddle of blood and they're just like, oh, it was him. And I'm like, how would you know? It could have been literally anything. I was cracking up at that and the uh the fire sequence that's the, the like there's a fire at the one building uh at eric roberts i guess i'm gonna say it's his house because i think it probably was but there's like a uh, this like little campsite that they're trying to get to the fire breaks out and uh the fire the flames are like as big as they are and they're just like a random foot like stamping it out i i don't know i just thought it was yes yeah, so the, the cartoon fire it was great I had a good time. I mean, the I pressure's on, like, the, so joyless. The, no, that's the thing. The pressure's on you here, Matt, because we all, like, hated this. And you were like, hi. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. I don't know, man. I was up at, like, 2.30 with my newborn. And, well, that probably explains it. You were probably... Well, there you go. You were, you were just delirious. <laughs> yeah, you, you were know. probably sleep-deprived. If you like asylum movies and you're okay with something that is terrible, this was fun. It has a scene no, you know, like you know snake killing a spider. You know how I, mean, I know like, that statement's wrong? I like asylum movies, and I like movies that are fun. This one is not. <laughs> this one is just so boring. You did. Ha- I you did. I did all. forget. There's a, a a giant spider that's on fire that the the snake fights for. Like it was seconds. great. Uh, most of the movie. All- <laughs> most of the movie is Eric Roberts in a chair. That's the thing is like all the stuff Matt's talking about are like all the great things he's mentioning are in like the last five minutes of the movie. And up until that point, it's, it really is just nothing but like long, long, long dialogue scenes. Uh, There's just, like this one. This one really felt like quickly tossed together. And they're just like, I don't, I don't know. We got enough budget for like a couple like boa and spider shots. Throw it all at the end and then just have yeah. everyone talk for like and, the first 80 minutes. And in the meantime, have everyone have everyone talk about sn- snake behavior. Dude, it's like long, boa, long though. sequences of this movie where they're like, well, you know, snakes. And then they like talk about what snakes do for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, <laughs> I was learning. I mean, I, I thought I was watching an asylum movie and not like an episode of the Aquanauts. Like, <laughs> it's not Titan Boa, guys. It's the Mega Boa. That, that is like pure cinema. Oh, oh I do like have I said, to I say, up- uh, 
there, yeah, yeah. What, the, the, you're quoting a, a line in the movie. That, that part did make me laugh. Where Eric Roberts is like, you know, that's bigger than even Titanoboa. It's like a, it's like a megaboa. <laughs> that is better than the Robozilla thing in King of the Earth. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Tonk. Yeah. No, it's the exact know. same thing. One of those things just happened to be in a movie that cost a hundred times more than this one. <laughs> you realize that's like depressing and worse, right? <laughs> I mean, in an asylum movie, I'm okay with that, but yeah. <laughs> In one of the biggest <laughs> movies of the year, eh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. You got like I said, I was up at two thirty watching it. I had a good time. Maybe I just need the dopamine. But like, did the I baby like it? I, probably. <laughs> I would just Ezra, say. I, mean, I, I, I would just say. I think as like as an asylum fan, as someone who likes a lot of their like kind of dumb creature features, this is definitely really, really low on that list for me. And I'd say this doesn't really match like the, the previous heights of like, you know, the, the, the mega shark movies or mega piranha and things like that. This one just felt like, say it, this one was just primarily boring to me. I was having a really tough time kind of staying in, Invested's a funny word for any asylum movie, but I was having a hard time just kind of paying attention to. Yeah, it. I mean, um, I will say out of their, I've, I, I definitely think I've seen worse asylum movies, but out of their like monster movies, this one is definitely like down there. You know, it's not ape, it, like ape versus monster, or you know, it's not Atlantic Rim. Like those, I think are you know legitimately fun, but this one is just more like. Eh. I will say the one thing that did carry me through a lot of the boredom was just Eric Roberts. Uh, Like, there's the mega boa line, but then also, like, any time... I mean, look, I... Like Trev said, he is, like, a good actor when he feels like it, I guess. But, like, any time he had to, like, act like he was in pain or something, like, he was just like, (laughs) ow! Ouch! <laughs> when he gets bit, like it's when he gets bit, it's some of like the funniest acting he's ever done in his entire career. Like, yeah, he gets it, bit, he's just like, oh ah, oh ah, ah, oh ah. Yeah, he, he sounds I, like he. Watch that, you think like, and like Bird said, we've seen him give like legit good performances. So in that moment, I just think to myself, oh, he he knows he's making a silent movie. I really think he's just trying to entertain himself at that point. And he knows that no asylum director is going to tell him, what are you like, what are you doing? Can you, you be a little better? Yeah. So he's just like kind of goofing around. I think it, it really like, yeah, it's more, it, he sounds like it's like the no- noise you make when you step on a Lego. It's not like one of the most deadly creatures on earth bit me and my, my leg is rotting. <laughs> so he's like, and, and same thing with like when he has to get up and like walk around towards the end, he's just like, ow, ouch. and also when he was like the one girl makes him like a crutch out of a branch and like whatever he's doing isn't like how you use crutches (laughs) (laughs) um so uh yeah we were all fairly bored except matt um i think he might have even said it's his like his favorite movie now no Um, no (laughs) You know, it's all mega boa Look, all day, I, all day every I day. Had, I had no expectations going in, and I laughed and I had fun, and it it got me through to two thirty or four, whatever time I finished the movie. <laughs> I don't remember. So like, I, I'm cool. Like, I would recommend this for people of our podcast. Like, if you like asylum movies, I'm going to say check it out. It's on Hoopla. Uh, to me, this is the this is like the mega shark versus giant octopus. 
where like there's a couple of moments that you could throw in a trailer mm-hmm. and and that's as much as you get out of this one. Yeah, I think that's a great comparison. All the mega shark mega shark. <laughs> All the mega boa stuff is like goofy enough for me to like chuckle at, but again, it, like that's all I want, you know, man. There, but still, there's like a trailer's worth of stuff in there. Like, if someone uh, could put together a YouTube like supercut of just the Mega Boa stuff and Eric Roberts acting like he's in pain, like <laughs> you got like a good three minute YouTube video there. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, uh, we especially me and Trev uh, tend to be asylum like apologists, but. Wasn't feeling this one too much, no. Um, but uh, I mean, it's the asylum. Part of the uh, part of the fun of the asylum is you really never know if you're going to get something just absolutely insane, like stream of conscious level bonkers, or something like this where it's just boring. Yeah. It's a, it's always a coin toss. It's you're either, you're either going to get like Bigfoot hunting Alice Cooper. <laughs> Which is that's so good. or or something that is just just boring. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they keep us on our toes, don't they? Um. All right. Uh, how many? Um, uh, how many? Uh, Eric Roberts stepping on a Lego. <laughs> do you want to give? <laughs> yeah. Ow. How many? Ow. <laughs> How many ouches do you want to give uh, Megaboa? Negative one. Okay, that's I'll, on I'll your negative scale, right? That's the Tom. I'll give it a one. Ne- okay. Uh, I'm going to go no. with a. Is somebody like punting on their keyboard or something? Like, all I hear is. Yeah, who's. Who, it's actually not me for once. I think it's Trev. Oh, uh, I was bringing up I was bringing up some stuff on my laptop for reference, but for our next thing, oh. sorry. Well, our next thing is more important, so yeah, we'll allow it. Um, uh, I'm gonna do a one and a half. Um, Eric it Roberts, is not that bad. I'm sorry, <laughs> this is not this Eric is not Roberts that bad is fun. The Mega Boa itself is fun, but uh, you know, um, the rest of it. <clears throat> Wasn't my jam, but Matt. I mean, as as the Mega Boa <sighs> super fan, um, I will give you the honor of uh, of having the last word here. I, I'm giving this a two and a half. Like I what? had fun with it. It is better. <laughs> I, I, I've seen far worse movies and had like far worse times watching other stuff. It's got a giant snake, a giant spider that's on fire. It has Eric Roberts that is just making stupid, you know, one liners and. Not moving for. I mean, I I just I thought the whole thing was so stupid that I laughed at pretty much every scene. Like they're making fun of the fact that he's not getting out of the chair for a couple scenes in the movie. I don't know. I got a <laughs> kick out of it, so it's a two and a half. Uh, who would have thought one of the biggest discrepancies on this podcast ever <laughs> would be Mega Boa? Yeah, Mega Boa. So we're so stupid. Uh, <laughs> all right, people. Uh, your main event. The main event. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with Megaboa out of the out of the way here, we can uh, uh, spend the rest of our time talking about last year's, like late last year, I think November, or December or something. Uh, it was like December twentieth. I, I like when I was looking 
just trying to even find this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I was seeing a bunch of articles that were written like December 20th-ish time frame that said, it's available for, you know, digital download now. So So, uh, the Asylum decided to uh, uh, give us a Christmas present, which was 2025 Armageddon, um, which, like I said earlier... We should acknowledge that. We should acknowledge why they did this movie, right? It was to commemorate their 25th anniversary. Yes, uh, and the movie doesn't take place in 2025, I don't think. Does it? I don't think it does. I think it does. It, it could just as well. I mean, that's only two years from now. <laughs> that's true. That's <laughs> <laughs> not, not very far ahead of us. Um, uh, and uh, like I said earlier, this is... Uh, they're equivalent to something like destroy all monsters where they they're bringing out all their a bunch of their old uh monsters uh you know make appearances in here um you have uh the mega piranha the mega shark uh the mega boa um there's a transmorpher the uh not jaegers from atlantic rim are in here um uh there's a few others too um Crocosaurus. Yeah, yeah. Crocosaurus is in there. Um, there's uh, one of the multi-headed sharks, because they did two, three... I think they did two, five, six... They at yeah. least went up to five. Yeah, uh, headed shark attack. Yeah. Okay. Um, which... Uh, Trev, we... We watched a few of those. I All I know is... Is it two-headed shark attack, the first one they did... That's one of our favorites, right? Yeah, two-headed shark attack is really good, and then I think we weren't very into three-headed shark attack, and I don't, I don't know if we. That yeah, we I don't know if we watched. I don't know six. if we watched. Yeah, yeah. The, um, the mega. Did you mention the mega boa? I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the, the there's there's a sharknado makes an appearance. Yeah. They oh, and also uh, they reference so Aquarium of the Dead. Yeah, there are some zombies in it, and then um, also just regular zombies yeah. show up, which yeah. would be in a bunch of asylum stuff. But primarily, they talk about like Z Nation and uh, oh, what the what was the other Z Nation show called? Black something. Yeah, I know uh, what you're talking about. I, yeah, yeah, it's Black something. Black um, Summer or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the the I guess I can try to explain the plot, but I'll sound like I'm insane. Um, so the movie opens with two little girls getting a DVD from their grandmother of snakes on a train, uh, you know, and it's very evident that the grandmother, that the kids wanted snakes on a plane, and uh, you know, this kindly elderly old woman uh, got got it mixed up and gave them that, which I think is like that's what we always have like joked about, like the asylums. Oh, how are they still making movies? Because like. Stuff like that happens. Um, and these kids watch it and think it's... I don't know. They seem, they seem to enjoy it. And then we go forward 25 years. And um, uh, different creatures from different Asylum movies start showing up in quote-unquote our world. So... Uh, in the world of this movie, the Asylum is a movie studio that makes B-movies. And, um, you know, we have, like, a, a, the Mega Piranha attacking a big ship. And, you know, Crocosaurus running around a city. And, uh, you know, a Transmorpher uh, that 
gets in a fight with one of the Jaeger things from Atlantic Rim and stuff like that. Um, and uh, it turns out aliens are behind this because they're trying to learn about the Earth's defense systems uh, and and take them down because they need to come to Earth to, like, uh, they don't want to kill people because they need to repopulate. And uh, for whatever reason, I think these aliens think that asylum movies are, like, Earth's record of history because they're really stupid, I guess. Um, and so, uh, so uh, the two girls from earlier, one of them uh, works for the government, and the other one uh, is in the military. Um, and, uh, while all that's going on, this, uh, these, this nerdy guy and, uh, his wife, uh, they work for the FCC and they notice that something called the Asylum Streaming Channel, (laughs) uh, its streaming numbers are up like 200% or something. And they, they've noticed that's very strange. And so these plot threads end up intersecting and, um, you know, they, they, they learn that, you know, this is, uh, due to these aliens and they have to stop these aliens. Uh, and that, that's, that's 2025 Armageddon. Um, and the aliens are like, (laughs) they're 3d printing all the monsters (laughs) from these movies in low resolution because, (laughs) because the asylum, channel only streams in low resolution because it's so low budget (laughs) yeah so there's an in-universe explanation for their the the, the bad cgi um (laughs) yeah makes sense i buy it um the i mean we'll we'll talk more (laughs) but it's you know just getting the synopsis out of the way um so that's our movie um uh it's it's something um now Trev you said before you got here you had a theory about the asylum after watching this now I don't know uh is, is that something that you can tie into your initial thoughts on this movie cuz 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 we're we're going to go with like okay what are your initial thoughts takeaways like how'd you feel about this movie so if you have your theory handy and you can tie that in I'd like you to go first yeah, it's not even so much a theory. It's just like a, an idea of like what the asylum is in like twenty twenty three and where they're at. And I think this movie, I was actually like in retrospect, I was glad Matt said let's watch Megaboa because these two t- tie together into that. So I'm gonna come in with what might be like a little bit of a hot theory in here, and that I kind of wasn't super into this one either. I was honestly a little disappointed. In it. I think it's much better than Megaboa. I think it's it's more entertaining, and there's definitely things I like in this one, and there are some things I'll, I'll give props to and say I had. A kind of a good time with but honestly i felt watching this so the reason i said i was glad we watched mega bow is because we started having this discussion in our text thread and tom said that he didn't want to pay to like rent an asylum movie or he was like kind of hesitant about it because they've been on like such a slump lately and I started to think about that. I thought about like my reaction to Megaboa. And then I was watching this one being like, I don't know about this. And then I started like scrolling through like the list of their films on Wikipedia. That's what I was just bringing up when you heard me making all mm. that, that clack. And uh, I was thinking like, when's the last time like one of these like really moved the, a needle for Bird and I in the way that like they used to do more consistently? And I kind of agree with Tom that I think they're in a really big slump. And I think a big part of that is, so here's my, my the theory I was talking about. 
I honestly don't think they care anymore. And I know how silly it sounds talking about the asylum, <laughs> but I think the fact that they don't have a national like television presence anymore with the sci-fi channel, not being their like unofficial home anymore. That was their biggest and, blow. And the fact that there's no video stores anymore. So they have become this like really weird studio. We've talked about this on the podcast before. Bert and I've tried to figure out like what's the asylum's place nowadays, because they're just like in this really weird kind of nebulous area where yes, they have their own channel on Pluto. And I know Tubi is like a home for them for a while. They had a lot of stuff on Amazon prime, but, but this is like their 25th anniversary movie. Right. And there was like, it just came and went, you know, it was like, it was hard for us to find. You can only like stream it on Hoopla. Um, if you don't want to like, you know, you can rent it, I guess. But I was just like their 25th anniversary movie, their destroy all monsters, their big multiverse movie as they marketed it, which by the way, it's not a multiverse movie. Either. It's <laughs> no, a, it's not. It's a meta movie. This, if this had been like a sci-fi channel event, right. In the same way that the Sharknado sequels could have been, I think they would have put a lot more effort into it and it would have been something much better than what it is. And I think because they just don't have that platform anymore, I kind of wonder if we're seeing like the, if we're in like the dying years of the asylum and they're just like, well, whatever, we know this is just going to Tubi or whatever. Don't, we're not going to even try very hard. And my, my rationale for that is this is their 25th anniversary movie. It's their big, like what Bernard I've always wanted saying, can they finally like bring everything in? And who did they get to direct it? Michael Sue, who I looked at is like, I think this is his like first Asylum movie. Who did they get to write it? Like just a couple writers that did like a couple of their movies. It's like you're for your 25th anniversary movie, you're not going to try and like, you know, get Anthony C. Fronte or Thunder Levin to come in. You're not going to see if you can't get Ein Ziering to show up in it. You know, like the only like big actor in this it, by their standards, like the asylum, it's like Michael Paré. Um, <laughs> there's even like in their meta sense, there's like a whole subplot in this where they go get like an actor uh, they're like, you're the actor, right? And he's like talking about how he's like been in a bunch of asylum movies. And I looked him up and it's true. This guy is like in a bunch of asylum movies like in their early years and he hasn't worked with them in like a long time. But I was just thinking like, why wasn't that character, if you're going to push this meta thing, why wasn't that Eric Roberts? Why didn't they get Eric Roberts to play himself? And like, yeah. you know, and like really push like it, it pushed like what this joke, like joke could have been. So I don't know how you guys felt about it. But or I Tom Sizemore. It, I mean, I know Sizemore yeah. now is going through a lot of, I mean, yeah. really unfortunate stuff. Probably... Probably won't make it, but um, I mean, uh, up until like the last year, he was doing like he's in their Avatar two one. So like, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Like that part clearly should have been like one of those guys, <clears throat> right? And I just feel like this felt really half assed and half hearted to me for what it was supposed to be. And I just kind of feel like that's what I felt about most of the Asylum movies lately. So even though I think this one's better than Megaboa, I did have some fun with it. It really kind of bummed me out because I thought it was just nowhere near as good as it should have been. So maybe well, I'm the asshole on this one. I don't know. But well, it, One, one that you guys liked that I didn't watch, but I know at least some of you guys watched, was uh, Shark Side of the Moon, right? That wasn't too long ago. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that one. So, and like that one was, and see, that's the thing, is like that one was like actually kind of promoted too is like an event where they're like, yeah, it's going to be like a original movie on two B. So I mean, that's the thing is like when they actually have a motivation, like, cause really like compare the effort of this movie and how small it feels to how, and I know, I know these movies got really dumb, but think about how more elaborate and how many more like location stuff would be in the Sharknado sequels. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all the cameos they got. And that's because they knew those were being promoted as, like, events on Sci-Fi Channel. Even Shark Side of the Moon was being promoted as, like, this is our first big, like, 2B original. And they made a point of, like, they were, like, announcing the date it was coming out and everything. And then this movie was just, like, dumped onto services. Yeah. So if, yeah, they could get more, if they could get more of that, like, promotional pushback, maybe they would start to care again. But in the meantime, I don't think they do. That's the sense I get watching it. 
How would you yeah. place it with something like I don't, like Ape versus Monster, which was it, like Ape versus Monster yeah. was like almost even like a little bit more fun than this to me, which is weird to say because this one should have been better, and that's what I mean. Like, given the concept of this one, it should have been more fun. And I think it the, at the end of the day, the problem is for it being there, like all oh, here's all our monsters. Just like Megaboa, this is another one where I felt like 75% of the runtime was just characters in, in hallways and rooms talking. And I know that's something we've always joked about with the Asylum, but it, I think it's just gotten worse and yeah. worse. <laughs> to a degree, that's mm-hmm. kind of a, their thing. To, to a degree, that's <laughs> no, not but, really, yeah. it's, not as, it's not fun, right? Like, right, you, right. You really yeah. get, you get restless watching the movie. And that's, yeah. Like, how do you, like, how does the Asylum, like, it's, it's it all ties into that, what's their place in the world now that there's mm-hmm. no you know no sci-fi channel and no uh no movie uh like rental places anymore mm-hmm. because that's a big one I well feel, that's what like, yeah those are the two like, things that made them i remember i you know i remember like <laughs> i remember seeing people get genuinely tricked into watching like was it like 10 million BC? Was mm-hmm. there? Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like 10, their 10,000 BC knockoff. Like I remember people getting genuinely tricked into watching asylum movies and, and yeah, that's what made them kind of what they are. Um, and I, I, I'll say I'm probably a little softer on this than Trev and maybe it's because yeah. I watched it so soon after Megaboa, which I just really, really found dull. Megaboa to me was like, um, I don't know, like, like the kitty roller coaster where, you know, you were like, oh, Hey, who, you know, like, Oh, there's a little, a little mild bump. Um, and, and this was more like the one that's got like, like, I, I agree. I think it, it has a really bad lull in the middle. Um, I was re- I was actually pretty with it um, when early on, and then especially anytime we were with the nerdy husband. And it's weird mm. because as much as I have grown to really hate meta movies, and I've really grown to hate like legacy sequels, and and you know just having a movie remind me of all the other movies that, that I like in, you know, like I hated Ghostbusters after birth, oh, not after birth, after, <laughs> <laughs> after life. Uh, I, I like hated how that movie just made me like, remember the first Ghostbusters. Felt all the like time, Ghostbusters like, after birth. And, and I was like, I couldn't just watch Ghostbusters. Um, I found an I got an ironic sense of joy out of like a guy being like, oh, Aquarium of the Dead and, you know, oh, Zoompies and like what, all the other stuff that he, he was like name dropping and being like, like, these are all creatures from the Asylum movies. You know, they're that schlocky studio because like no, <laughs> no human being who's married has ever spoken like that to their wife. <laughs> um, their hot wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I got a kick out of like that stuff. Um, and I do think like I was very with it for the first, I don't know how long it was, maybe 40 minutes. But then there came up like I, I honestly think it was like once the actual alien plot was introduced, my attention started to wane until probably the last 10 minutes of the movie. So it was like about 40 minutes that I was really liking and then like a 20 to 40 minute lull. And then I was back on board. 
for the last 10 minutes. So at least from that perspective, it wasn't like mega boa where I was just like, I don't care. 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 Oh, there's a little joke. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. And then the last 10 minutes was good. This was at least more enjoyable than that. But yeah, there was a really noticeable lull where it was like, you could feel them kind of like Trev said, like not care anymore. Like, Oh, we got to get this to feature length, but there's no real reason to try anything with those scenes they're going to pad us out to feature length so just have some people talk for a while and then have the aliens talk for a while and then do the climax yeah that's that's i mean like don't get me wrong i agree like a lot of the meta stuff in this did make me laugh and like that character you mentioned the, the geeky husband who's a family silent he's the best character um a lot of the meta jokes in general like when they talk about the asylum as a studio that stuff's funny like even that that opening scene is great the whole snakes on a train it, yeah snakes on a plane thing um, the low res, you know, in, yeah. <laughs> in movie explanation is awesome. I love that. So there's things I liked about it, but I just mean, and like Chris hates when I do this on, on our other podcast, but if I like, was, I was watching this thinking like, well, how would I rewrite this? And, you know, I was just thinking like, even I as just a dumb fan of the asylum. If you like came to me with this concept and told me to like write it, I, I would just like hope that they could give like, they should have put more resources into this. Cause like I said, that actor character either should have been someone like Eric Roberts, or I was just thinking they should have got, like I said, I've mentioned this before, they should have got Ian Ziering back and said, and like, it should have been Ian Ziering. And you could even push that further and show that like, he's become a big star now again because of his like Sharknado comeback. But now he's like, he thinks he's too big for the asylum. Hmm. And he's like mad when they try to pull him in his plugs. He's like, I don't want anything to do with that. But then at the end, because the Sharknado shows up, he actually gets to become like the real life Finn. And I'm like, why? Like that is your biggest hit, right? The Sharknado is their biggest thing. Like, why wouldn't you try to pull that into this more rather than just a brief little you know, joke at the end with it. So I don't know. I don't know. It just seemed like I felt like they just didn't give us one of the resources and the time they should have given how they promoted it and what they were selling this movie as. Um, That's all. All right. I'll go next. And I'm, I'm kind of with everyone so far. I'm probably going to be more with Tom and being softer towards it. That being said, everything that everyone's saying is making sense to me. Um, I mean, overall I did enjoy the movie and think it was, fairly fun and entertaining. Um, I definitely do think the middle part, once they get into the alien plot line, I do think it, it does start to drag a little bit and certain parts, certain beats start to get a little repetitive. Um, but I, it, once it gets into a almost staggeringly incompetently edited finale, um, I'm kind of back on board with it. Um, uh, I all the stuff Trev pointed out as strengths, like mo- a lot, most of the meta sense of humor really works for me. Um, and I, I'm with you guys. The the one nerdy FCC guy um, is easily the best character. Um, but I do see where you're coming from, and I, I'm wondering. I mean, this is a stupid conversation to have about the asylum, but I'm wondering about like what kind of budget or money they were throwing into it because i mean something like shark side of the moon i'm sure and and you know the um the sharknados you know i'm wondering um to be sci-fi you know i'm sure those places probably threw in a little bit of budget for them whereas this you know feels more like it was made with your usual asylum budget which is like We've looked stuff like this up before, so I don't remember the exact figure, but I know, like, of the four of us, I mean, if you pull any random two or three of the four of us, 
like and pull our savings accounts, you would probably be able to make like at least one asylum movie. Like they're not they're not like even in B movie terms, they're super low budget. And then I'm trying to remember when we interviewed the Ape versus Monster director, he told us what their shooting time was. And I I wanna say it was something like eleven days, like just barely over a week. Um so yeah, that does make me wonder though, like why not like is there a reason this wasn't pitched to sci-fi or Tubi or something? Is like, hey, let's partner on this. You know, it's our 25th anniversary movie. Like, let's make it more an event. Um, and if not, why? I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, it, something of this. I, again, feel stupid saying this about the asylum. Something of this movie's like uh, scope. <laughs> Something of this movie's scope um, could have used more of those resources, whether it's, you know, just one or two more, I guess, quote-unquote big in asylum terms, actors or more budget or whatever, shooting time, whatever. Um, that being said, though, I mean, this was for me on the, the higher... To, higher middle end of where I would rank, like, you know, the Asylum movies I've seen. Um, I mean, there's other common things, like, we mentioned people sitting around in rooms and in hallways, and I get it, it's not fun, but almost any Asylum movie, like, it's just part of what I expect. <laughs> um, same with stuff like, you know, oh, well, each monster only has, like, you know, a little bit of screen time and, you know, stuff. I mean, that's just something I'm just conditioned to be used to with these, you know, is, you know, you're not going to get a lot of big monster smash em up stuff. Uh, this probably has more than a lot of other Asylum movies. That being said, you know, when you see a, you know, a, a, a Sharknado, you know, you expect to like, okay, something's going to fight the Sharknado, right? And then like, they say they might fight it and then like, they don't. <laughs> and then I mentioned towards the end, uh, I don't know if they just like ran out of time and there were whole, it feels like there's whole scenes missing. Like, uh, there's, um, like the, the, the one woman and the, the Jaeger like comes apart and like, you know, the next scene she's walking around, she's like, Oh, it like broke or something. And it's like, what, what happened? Um, and then there, there's a few scenes like that. I'm still not quite sure what happens to, like how they vanquish the aliens at the end. Um, I don't know. There was the part that you mentioned, Bert, which was really funny. Where I like, think we should say the, there's an asylum actor that Bert and I are big fans of, Gerald Webb, who was like in a lot of early asylum stuff. And I'll, I'll give them credit; they like brought him back for this. I think it was actually his first asylum movie since Sharknado Two. He like I was kind of like wondering if like I don't know if he had a falling out with them or he just wasn't working with them as much anymore. He got too big, but he, but he came back for this one. But. Uh, <laughs> He, he is dispatched at a certain point, and the only reason you know that is there's, like, four characters on a helicopter, and first of all, he has a great line, because, like, the, the helicopter gets, like, hit by something, and, like, alarms start going off, and he goes, he's like, that means the helicopter's going down, and they ask him, and the one other character is like, how could you possibly know that? I'm like, I, I don't know, like, I think anybody would <laughs> that, if the helicopter's spinning and it has an alarm going off, but then, they, like, we they show the helicopter, like, you know, about to crash, and, of course, they don't have the budget to actually show the crash, so they just cut to the other three characters walking through the woods, and there's like a really bad like eighty yard line where they just go like, like I can't remember his name or whatever. There's just someone's like Frank didn't make it, 
and that's it. Like, we I don't even think anyone it. reacts to that. No, they don't. No, they don't. Um, yeah, I think he's the guy who has the line that reminded me of uh, I think you should leave. He's the guy that when the helicopter first gets hit, he goes, oh, crap. It just, <laughs> it just made me think of, oh, crap, a bunch more bad stuff just happened. <laughs> Um, all right, Matt, how do you feel about this one? Uh, honestly, kind of similar to Tom and, and, and Trev, I think especially like the first third of the movie I was definitely like on board with, but even it peaks early for sure. Yeah. And, uh, like I'd rather watch Megaboa. Is that a hot take? I don't know. Oh, that, uh, oh, God. Serious? oh that, that's a hot I take. Would. I, uh, I don't know. Like. The the best stuff about the movies is is all the meta stuff because I think some of it does actually work, but I think the disappointment is like aside from the crocosaurus, a lot of the 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 you know the monsters or whatever that even show up in this are like on screen for a second and kind of forgotten about. Yeah, look, I get it. <laughs> like I, I said, I get like, it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like by the end of it, I I, I was kind of like, eh, I like it was fine. I, I, but I would rather watch Megaboa. I mean, this might be better, but if I'm going to pick one, I'd actually pick Megaboa. I get That's the monster. I get the monsters not doing stuff thing, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, me and Trev have been like more brain damaged by the asylum than <laughs> than you guys. Like when I watch, like when we watched Ape versus Monster, and it's like the two creatures are on screen together for like two seconds, and they like slap each other once and then like that's it like i'm like oh this that makes sense that's the like, asylum you know well you did get a uh a, you got a you get you did get you did get an atlantic rim robot fighting a transmorpher which is, is probably face. yeah which is probably the where the movie peaks early and it's probably like as far as like the actual monster stuff goes that's probably the best the best part um and you got a giant octopus landing on a spaceship or something also <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was weird to me like speaking of like you know the, the things that show up that again this goes to like my disappointment and i feel like it didn't push it far enough bird were you surprised that since this was obviously a movie made for asylum super fans which also this is like the first time i realized that there might be other asylum super fans since they made a movie for them maybe but, this is just for the four of us yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. We don't know how much, we don't know if they, those people exist quite yet. Okay, if that's the fact, then they clearly did a bad job. But um, like, there was a lot of times where I thought like they they could have really had like a lot of like kind of callbacks to some of their more famous and like viral moments. Like they got Paul Logan in this, who is the star of Mega Piranha. That's another and, that's a, that's another Bird and Trev favorite. Yeah, and he like does nothing in this. And I thought, you know, like, you know, obviously everyone remembers and loves the moment of Mega Prana where he does like the wheel kick to like the Mega Pranas. And I was just like thinking, oh, maybe he'll do that again. And he'll say, like, oh, this seems familiar or something, you know? Um, and like, why wouldn't you try to like recreate, you know, the Mega Shark jumping up in the air and they grab kinda like, that? Did. They're, like, kinda they did. They don't draw attention Cause, to cause it. They, well, they, sh- they have like the six headed shark or whatever. And then the Mega Shark like grabs it in its mouth and then. It like jumps up and then it like I don't know it like throws the six headed shark into a helicopter or something. <laughs> yeah, it's just there was like a lot of stuff like that where I thought like they could have pushed this more. It's like hey, we're really like nodding to our past. And I did think it was funny because we were talking about you know just how cheap they are and everything. There is a moment where <laughs> they're in a room, of course, talking, 
And like, I think it's the FCC characters are explaining to the government agents like who the asylum is and what they do. And they like have all these like posters for the asylum movies. And I was just thinking, okay, well, like, so this is the asylum making this movie. This is their 25th anniversary movie. They clearly could have brought over any posters they have. And they just have like three posters. And one of them is like a Japanese poster for like one of their movies. <laughs> and I was like, that's all they could like scrounge up the, the company themselves. They couldn't get like, they couldn't find like a Sharknado poster or like some of their more like famous posters. They just have these three to put on these like on these easels. So it's like, oh my God. This is yeah. That's where I was like, again, do they just not care, or did they think that was funny? I don't know. I t- I tend to lean more towards they don't care. Um, it's hard to say. Like, did they care? Did they not? Like, ever since uh, we I we did our interview with the one the director Vape versus Monster, like, I really feel like they they probably try. Like, I mean, the people making the movie, I think like the, you know, the director and, and stuff, I think they really do try. Now, if they're given the, anywhere near what kind of resources they need to succeed is another story. But I feel like they, they try. Maybe I, I just, Someone, I, I agree that like someone somewhere didn't even try, uh, or I, I guess maybe wasn't given the 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 resources, like the time to just write some more stuff into the script that's more callbacks to other asylums. Weirdly stuff. enough, it, it it feels underwritten. You know, which is like, a weird thing to say about an asylum movie. <laughs> But yeah, like, yeah, moments where characters, you know, saw through sharks or, um, you know, a, a, a Bigfoot could have shown up and punted a, a rock star, um, <laughs> you know, like, like just any, like those, okay, is, is the, is, is the Megalodon movie... That's not an asylum movie, is it? The one with the very infamous line about taking her home. No, and no, no. Okay. They, the asylum have made various megalodon movies in the form of the mega shark movies and 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 just a meg another. I don't know. There's a bunch of megalodon. Crap, yeah, they did but, a Tom Sizemore megalodon. Yeah, which that was that's another one of the one that I didn't like very much. But still, they could, but, you know they could have they could have played off like, and I honestly don't even know how hard it would be. You could just pull up your scripts and just keyword search various moments, you know, you know, and, um, I have a question. They didn't do that, that they, that they could have done to make that like middle half hour or whatever, I guess really like the second act of the movie, uh, just be more fun and interesting instead of just these aliens talking about, I forget what they talk about, but they do a lot of talking. Um, or just, or just be even sillier, right? Like if you're an asylum fan, then you know the asylum is like the the two producers, you know, Ramai, Ramawi, and and Lat. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, sorry, for, but like, why not either have them in the movie or have actors play them? Like, why not have them be characters? You know, like this could have been like their, um, oh, bird. Help me here. What's the the Corman movie, Hollywood Boulevard? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, like, Which yeah. I've always said is like my dream asylum movie is like yeah, an asylum because Hollywood Boulevard uh, is a or, Joe, uh, yep, Joe Dante or, or, uh, and Trauma did that with Terror Firmer. Yeah, right? yeah. Like a movie where you show like one of your movies being made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I do love that the, the aliens think that the Asylum's filmography is like an archive of the history of Earth, though. <laughs> yeah. S- stuff I mean, like, there's fun things. There's like, yeah. there's like, don't tell Toho this movie exists. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, they use the... Go- Trev, did you hear the Godzilla <laughs> roar? Oh, yeah. At the end, when they're fighting that, like... Um, like weird, like hybrid monster. It, it does the Godzilla roar at least. Like Matt, what would you say? Two, maybe even three times. I was like, I thought it was like three or four. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. very noticeable as well. Um, I do have a question for you guys. I don't know um, uh, if any of you are familiar with uh, Scott Foy. He's like a B movie critic. He used mm-hmm. to write for Dread Central a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually he actually listens to this show quite a bit. So Scott, if you're listening. Shout out. Um, uh, but I follow him on Letterboxd, and his Letterboxd review was like, I forget what it said, but he, he pretty much said, like, I can't believe they didn't come up with the idea to use their own stock footage. Yeah. And I was thinking that, too, because I was like, that makes sense, because like, the, the old monster movies would rely on stock footage all the time. Like, is there a reason why the Asylum didn't just do that? Like, you could have... I mean, I don't there know, some, some people... Watching this. There was a point while watching this when I thought of that, and I, I can't remember. I think it was, I think it might have even just been that that exposition dump, kind of in the middle where the characters are like, these are all from old asylum movies, and I was like, right there, even if you know, it's it's uh, it's going to be like like one of the old Gamera movies essentially, where characters just recap. Uh, what this studio has has made in the past and just show us clips from that over yeah. these people giving the exposition dumps. I was like, even that would be like an opportunity that just seemed so obvious, even just to jazz up your people in rooms talking stuff. Yeah, like, like us monster movie, like we, we're used to movies. I mean, there's movies that we watch that are like literally just stock footage, like sandwiched between brand new footage of people, like... That Korean uh, War of the God, God Monsters, where it's just... I I also it, can't believe there wasn't more moments of people watching Asylum movies. Mm-hmm. It's that one in the very beginning, and that one, I do... What I really like about that one is I feel like for how old those girls are, are depicted as being, which I think is like around like nine, ten years old... Uh, that's probably the exact reaction that I, as like a nine-year-old, would have had to getting to watch maybe not any Asylum movie, but like kind of your average decent one, like a like a Bigfoot, where there's like F-bombs being thrown around and people being ripped in half and like lots of blood, and you're like, whoa, what is this rated? <laughs> like, I shouldn't be allowed to see this. Um <laughs> And I like that, but then, like, I just can't believe there's not more moments throughout the movie where, like, uh, like, come on, this is the most obvious joke that you do in a movie like this. You have a character sitting and watching, like, Crocosaurus on their laptop, and then Crocosaurus crushes them. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, stuff, I mean, those are, like, little things that are, like, even less ambitious than some of the other ideas that we've come up with that probably would have gone, you know, carried it a little, a little further, I think. Yeah, it's weird, it's like, it seems like almost like a tribute, a a a studio making a tribute movie to themselves, but also at the same time still being kind of embarrassed by who they are, 
Mm-hmm. So like they're poking fun of themselves, but not willing to push that joke as far as they could. You know, like even to the point of, like I said, you could have even had every time that, like, that someone brings up the asylum and they say, you know, like Sharknado, and they go, yeah, but it's not just Sharknado. Like, they could have done that because we all know that's their reputation and they're, they'll never they're, they'll never live that one down. I wonder um, if they would have been willing to take that stuff further if this... I mean, imagine if this... If, you know, their 25th anniversary movie, this is what they do, and it's like the year after maybe the the the, la- the the final Sharknado movie they did, you know, I mean, would they, you know, I guess now that they're away from, like, their prime markets, like, are they getting more hesitant to, like, be them, be themselves more? Like, you know, are they hesitant to, to, to get that crazy again? I think they're trying to figure out what their identity is now, like in this new market. I think that's what, I mean, I think that plays a big part of it. Like, yeah. what are they at this point? I don't envy them. I mean, what, I don't, I don't know what. Yeah, you, they, there's no know. way they're making the same kind of profits they used to. No, right? Which yeah. I'm sure goes into like the, the films feeling cheaper and like more, even more rushed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, they don't, I mean, the Tubi thing with the shark side of the moon, like, you know, it's cool they did that, but like, I, I don't know that I've seen that they're going to do any more stuff with Tubi. Like, they, I, they, I think they've done a couple more. Like that was where the Titanic sequel was too. Oh, uh, like okay, but, yeah. <laughs> we need to see the, the Titanic. Well, they got uh, three. We need to see shark that or whatever. What shark? Well, that's that's the thing I was going to say. Like, if there's any like hope for them right now it, of getting like another kind of like maybe crossover hit, it's that they announced Attack of the Meth Gator. Oh, and that, yeah. Like went pretty Meth viral shark. online when they announced it. But like, but here's the problem with that is like this shows where they're slipping again. Man, the old asylum would have had Attack of the Meth Gator ready to go the weekend Cocaine Bear came out. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that they announced it the weekend Cocaine Bear came out and said it'll be out this summer, it's like, well, by then, no one cares about Cocaine Bear. Yeah, you're, you're, the iron is cold by then. Yeah. I mean, it used to be like, I mean, Trev, back in the day, we used to like DVR these things off sci fi and, um, yeah. the, 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 their mockbuster would sometimes come out like a couple weeks before, you know, whatever the big movie was. Yeah. That's how they would get people. Yeah. Like that's how people would be tricked into like, like very dumb people, but still <laughs> that's like, that's how they would trick people is like someone would walk into their local movie, their local blockbuster and see 10 million BC and be like, Oh, that's out in theaters right now. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um. And that's a tough thing for them, too. Like, that is a tough thing about this movie, if you want to get, like, analytical about it for a moment, which is, again, very silly when you talk about a studio like this. But, you know, we talk about, like, Corman doing Hollywood Boulevard or Troma doing Terra Firmer. And those are companies that, like, you know, like Corman Films and especially Troma and especially Full Moon. Like, those are, Full Moon and Troma are the two companies that say are, this is very um, true for is they've always really made their company brand, like their identity. Like they, you know, they, they, they formulate like a cult like following. They do crossovers with their characters. You know, you know, you're watching a trauma movie because it takes place in Tromaville. Full moon has like a clear universe where, you know, the puppet master characters will meet the demonic toy characters and everything. And one thing about the asylum is that why it's difficult to do a movie like this, where you're saying, Oh, it's all our stuff finally coming together is honestly, nerds like us know what the asylum is but in general they've tried to hide like the asylum as a company right Mm -hmm. because really their whole business model has always been on tricking people into thinking this is a legit studio movie so it's not like they've ever these these things have never been branded before like in a huge way as like the asylums uh you know uh zombies the asylums like 
mega boa. They kind of like it's there on the it's there on the case, but you know, does this make sense? They're not like they don't sell themselves the same way. So when they don't have that kind of brand identity, maybe they feel like there's not as much call to like that's, a movie that's like celebrating it the same way. That, that's probably know. the pivot they should have made after all the video stores closed. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and certainly after Sharknado. Well, yeah, and, like and the- yeah, pivot away from the the tricking people mockbuster thing and start start branding it. And you know that's when you know me and Trev have been saying for years after the, after Sharknado they should have taken a little bit of a break. And then like when the Meg came out they should have done like Mega Shark versus Sharknado or something like that. Um, and then you know you know I mean in a few years we should be seeing you know Meth Gator versus mega piranha or something like you know it 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 does seem like they they love going for i mean and i mean this with the utmost respect in regards to the asylum they love going for low-hanging fruit and there's a lot of low-hanging fruit that it doesn't seem like they're grabbing well and then then the other thing about that pivot is you know you mentioned that we that i i liked shark side of the moon i think tom watched that one as well and thought it was like yeah fairly entertaining and the thing you can say about Shark Side of the Moon, just like Sharknado, is those aren't mockbusters. Yep, those yeah. are just like a clever B movie idea. And it's like I think in this marketplace where you know, like you said, the video stores are gone. You're not on Sci Fi Channel anymore, so you're not trying to rush to meet like the release of another bigger movie. I honestly feel like they should just drop the mockbuster idea. You can still do a few of them, obviously, but instead of concentrating on that, just try to do more stuff like Shark Side of the Moon and Sharknado, and come up with clever titles clever b-movie concepts and make those mm-hmm. you know that because that's what's kept full moon alive right is making just bizarre weird things that feed into a certain fan base yeah the only mockbusters they should still be doing are the ones where like due to legal reasons they can really really get the title to be so close that it can absolutely trick people like there like, was a yeah. uh... like they just made an they just made a movie called attack on titan <laughs> there was also um, a Dracula one they just did not. They too also long had, ago. they also top, had Top Gunner. Top Gunner, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bullet Train Down, Thor, uh, <laughs> God of Thunder. I mean, P- Planet Dune. Like these are the ones where, like, like the titles are so so close that you can trick. Google search algorithms into bringing this up instead of the real thing, or at least in addition to the real thing. And you can trick then people into, you know, uh, VODing it or streaming it or whatever. Um, those are the only mockbusters that they should still be doing are the ones where like your title comes so, so close that, that you can genuinely trick people. Like they shouldn't be doing battle for Pandora. Like no one's, no one's getting duped by that. You know? Yeah. And, and Um, I, I will give them extra props for planet Dune because planet Dune has Sean Young in it. Who's in David Lynch's Dune. So that just can confuse people on multiple levels. (laughs) I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm just like, if anyone from the asylum is listening, <laughs> which they probably are, 
I'm rooting for you guys. Like, I don't want the assignment to go away, and I don't want to, like, stop enjoying them. But I just, I do think it is just an offshoot of the, the conversation we've been constantly having about them now, just being like, what, where, where are they now? What, yeah. what is their place in this marketplace? And like you said, Brim, I agree with you. I don't envy them. They lost their two biggest, like, revenue and, and exposure streams, and that sucks. And it's like they're not popular enough to have their own streaming service, I don't think. So it's no. like they can kind of get by by having that Pluto channel and by having a, a partnership with Tubi, but it's they need to like start rebuilding their brand a little bit, I think. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and that, and that, I think that takes like some of the ideas we said of just kind of finding really ridiculous titles and concepts and trying to get those movies out there. Yeah, and try I to mean, pick up a new audience. Yeah, I mean we're always gonna. I mean I don't know. We're always gonna be fans of the like. I mean when <laughs> you think we're not gonna have have Trev back and do a podcast for Ape versus Mecha Ape. Come on. <laughs> um, I'm excited about Meth Gator. I, I'll probably yeah, watch I mean, that. I'll, def- yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah. I mean, we'll keep watching them. <laughs> we, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're you know, idiots. Yeah. We're, yeah. Right. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I know they, they don't seem to like, I don't know, like Trev, you, you, I don't, was was it one of the big two asylum guys that you met at SDCC that one year? I met I met both producers. I've got my pictures taken with them. I met Gerald Webb there. Yeah, um, yeah they you, have, you they told to them like, like actual, how presence at yeah. yeah they they used to have a real presence at San Diego Comic Con and they were very aware. Like I talked, you know, they would yeah. You you told them about how me and you would just get together and make fun of asylum movies all night. <laughs> Yeah, there's no doubt they know what they they know what they're making. Although you know that's another thing, but you just mentioned that, and I think that uh, not to keep bring up the same comparisons, but you know the other thing the asylum has always been missing is the asylum. Like I like you said, even I I've met those guys, and just a couple minutes ago I was struggling to remember their names. Right, the asylum has never had a Lloyd Kaufman or a Charles Band, someone who's like out front center and is like their mascot. It's weird. I I mean, to kind of piggyback off of that, I mean, um, for example, like when we did our episode about Atlantic Rim, um, especially the first movie, I was able to like Google and find like some interviews with the filmmakers and some articles. And, and, you know, that's where we found that amazing story about uh, Graham Greene saying the script was written by a can of spaghetti. (laughs) I mean, um, and, uh, it, it doesn't seem like there's as much publicity as aside from like oh here's the trailer and the press release but like um, you know Ape versus Monster you know yeah the director has, he he was he did some interviews like with us and some other podcasts um, part of that is probably because uh, the guy that does a lot of press for the asylum um, it's a guy that me Matt and Tom kind of know uh, named Avery Guerrera who's you know I mean awesome guy. Um, and, you know, he's always like, you know, hey, can I hook you up with an interview with so-and-so? Um, and, you know, I don't know if he's if he did press on this movie, but, like, it just seems like there's not, like, any, like, oh, hey, you know, we sat down to talk to someone from the asylum about their 25th anniversary movie. Like, I couldn't find anything like that. So, you know, it it seems it, it seems like they are struggling with their audience. Um, and yeah, I mean, maybe those maybe those guys just aren't as natural. They aren't natural showmen and out, outgoing like Kaufman and Band are. But that's some, that's a shame for them because 
you know, they have been a, they're an independent studio that's existed for 25 years and have been fairly successful. And that's nothing to, you know, turn your nose up at. And they've definitely, there's been some write-ups about them and some mainstream media, but they've never been able to translate that into like having like a, a figure out there that like speaks for them and is like a fan favorite that goes to conventions and things like, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's, so I wish they had that too. Um, yeah. And I, I will say, I mean, the, the best stuff in this movie, it sounds like all four of us are in agreement is like the more meta stuff and uh, the Sharknado movies, they're not meta in this way. They're meta in a different way. This is the first one I've seen where it's like, it takes place in, you know, a different universe where, the asylum is like it's like our world where like okay people are talking about the asylum as like a studio that makes B movies um i don't know i think you i think they could revisit something like that somewhere down the line and mm-hmm. hopefully really nail it cuz the stuff that they do with it here is good but yeah if they took it the extra mile it could have been great um, well, I mean, we're, the, the good news is we're only five years away from their 30th anniversary. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Armageddon 2030. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that, uh, that, that works, but then there's a lot of stuff where it's, you know, it's undercooked for sure. Um, but yeah, one of you, I think it was Matt mentioned the meth gators coming up, um, I mean, I'll watch. You it. know what's? You, know, you want to know a fun fact? This is this is just a dumb thing, but hey, we're on an asylum podcast, right? Due to a due to a glitch in uh, qualifying and categorizing production companies, um, Metallica's S and M two or not S and M two, their original S and M music video or Blu ray concert video is attributed to the asylum as a production company because it's the, like, that's the name of the production company for the music part of it. <laughs> but when you look up, when you go to S and M, uh, from Metallica on letterboxd and look up the, like the, the it's under, I think details, the studios it lists. One of them is the asylum. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I bet you Kirk Hammett has watched a lot of Asylum movies. Oh, I bet. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, he's yeah, that, he's I, that, that guy I, watches all kinds of stuff. I only know that because I had, like, a list of Asylum movies, and I was, like, scrolling through it, and I was like, this has to either be a mistake or just the weirdest, like, because that is so far back in history that, like, there's this weird part of me that could believe, like, they had a small, small little thing to do with it, you know? Yeah, um, and, and, and and way back, like 25, 26 years back when the Asylum first started, they were like more just like an indie movie studio. Like, I, th- I forget, I think, I want to say Colin Firth, like one of his first movies is like a little indie drama that, yeah, it was like one of, if not the first Asylum movie. But it, the well, Asylum was not like the a, Asylum. A, then. Stuart Gordon movie was like a King of the Ants. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the... That it wouldn't be too outside the realm of believability, but I also believe it that's, when it's completely. That's the wrong. only reason I went and like was looking it up further. I was like, that that can't be right, but it weirdly kind of could. <laughs> um, but no, that's like the music production was done by Electra and 
Asylum records. There's a few Asylum movies that the trailers actually looked fun for recently that I did. Well, Shark Side was one, but uh, there was also the their Jumanji one. That was fine. Yeah, that I didn't watch that fun. one, but like, that one looked fun. That one had uh, some moments of genuine uh, oopsie daisies that wound it up wounded that wound up <laughs> on the movies, like characters being like, "So wait, if I." Uh, no. So if you, if you, like people like literally fumbling over their lines and then just like, yeah, it's fine. Just, just, just go with it. That, yeah, that happens uh, sometimes in the asylum. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she, yeah, the Jumanji one was, was fun. Um, Aquarium of the dead was only 2021. Um, I didn't see that. I thought, one. That, was, I thought that was pretty fun. That's technically the zombies three also. I've only seen the first Zombies. I remember that one being fun, though. Fun enough. But I do think, in general, they have... They've kind of... Like, I I think they... Almost, in a weird way, like, almost hit, like, too big with, with Sharknado and uh, devoted so much of their time to that that they lost the sauce on a lot of their other stuff. Yeah, Trev, how many Sharknados were there? Six. Five. Six. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. I, uh, I, they all kind of blend together <laughs> for me. The first <laughs> one, uh, the first one I remember quite well, but then anything after that, they well, all they, just they, feel I like mean, they, one. They reached their, their movie. like apex with Sharknado 2. Like that was the one that was like, because the first one has, was that like surprise viral hit. I remember Sharknado 2 was, like, a huge deal, like, the weekend that came out. Like, a lot of promotion for it. Like, it was just, I think it was, like, read really highly. And you could feel the diminishing returns with, like, everyone after that. Yeah. Like, I enjoy the series, but the Sharknado 2 is definitely, like, the peak of the Asylum in, like, the, the cultural zeitgeist. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it, it is weird. It's surprising. You almost want to call it admirable, except you really can't. <laughs> but <laughs> you, it's almost admirable that they didn't entirely pivot to just being like, okay, we're just going to make tons of stuff like Sharknado. Like, they still stuck with, like, their their bread and butter. Yeah. And, like, this is probably the, the closest stuff. they get to something like that, in a way. Yeah. I'd say Shark Side of the Moon is. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I gotta see that one still. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, they're, I mean, I don't, I, I don't want to be so doom and gloom as to suggest they're about to, like, close their doors or anything. I'm sure that doesn't, I'm sure that doesn't seem to be the case, but they need to do something soon. They need to find, they need, they need to find a new home or like a new general identity, I think. Yeah. Well, I think sci-fi really helped them. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, they need I, to really find I do want to, I do want to throw sci-fi under the bus here for just being lame today and like completely giving up on it's, it'll never fail to confuse me how we are in a time where, the ironic love of B movies and bad movies, I, I think is like so much more culturally accepted than it used to be. And that's when sci-fi channel decided to like, stop doing those and like dedicating Saturday nights to like those kind of movies instead say, no, we're just going to show like the born ultimatum. Yeah. Sci-fi has given up on sci-fi at yeah. this point. It, like, um, and they added the Y to their name. I blame that. Oh yeah, that's that. That's like when it all started to go downhill. Because even I think even when they did that, they were like, you know, we want to be less of a science fiction based network. And it's like, what do you what? <laughs> um, yeah, but when they started like showing like wrestling. But yeah, the, they had a really good partner 
with sci-fi. And now that they don't really have that, you know, you know, I, just seems like budgets have shrunk. The you know ambition is, you know, less. Um, and yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be sci-fi, but they need to find someone else that c- they can say is like a permanent or semi-permanent partner. And um, I mean, if, if it sounds like they have a good relationship with Tubi, I mean, if they can, you know, if if they can fill in what the the shoes the of sci-fi, then. I think that I, would be I honestly a good think thing. they should concentrate on that and they should put like more work into that partnership and try to come up with more like kind of event debuts on Tubi because I'm sure you guys know us as well because we've been kind of into Tubi for a while. But in the last few months, I've seen Tubi getting a lot more love and like attention online. Like, Especially a lot of from weirdos like us. Yeah. They also spent uh, $20 billion, not the actual number, on like five Super Bowl ads. Yeah. But there were like five Super Bowl ads for Tubi during the Super Bowl, and I was like, I, I can't believe. I don't it. think yeah, the crossover I, between Tubi viewers and Super Bowl viewers is very high. Um, one of the more, but, like, they but, had like one of the most memorable ads too, the one that like freaked everyone out, where everyone thought they're yes. like they lost the, the, the stream. Yeah, yeah, no, Tubi. Uh, yeah, Tubi is like where people like us go to find things to watch. <laughs> Netflix is where normies go. We go to t- to Tubi. <laughs> yeah, and as Tubi gets like more attention, they're definitely going to. We've seen this happen with our streaming services. They're definitely going to want more original programming. Mm-hmm. And if I was the asylum, I would definitely throw myself out there and be like, "Hey, we can definitely be that for you." Like right now, we can like start giving you some more. Like every four or three or four months, we have like some kind of event film that you can promote. Yeah. No, that would be great. Yeah, do a, a sequel to this in 2030 with Tubi backing and, you know... More Asylum, less Terror Train remakes and sequels, Tubi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw the Asylum a couple bucks to make a make a 30th anniversary movie and, you know, we'll love you forever. I mean, we already love, love Tubi forever. Um, all right, <sighs> So that was the state of the asylum, the state of the asylum address, people. <laughs> yeah. We're concerned, but we're here for you. Um, so are we doing ratings now? Yes. So, um, yeah. uh, <laughs> how many um, nerdy asylum super fans? Out with of, hot wives, uh, yeah, with hot wives. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we want to give this out of five? I, I, there's a the the third most popular review on Letterboxd, which currently has four likes, <laughs> calls this calls this mindless, harmless, almost fun. <laughs> and gives it a three. <laughs> well, that description is like a lot of asylum movies. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I kind of agree with that. It's like it was, it was better than bad. <laughs> there you go. For an three asylum movie, that's five. that's pretty high praise. Uh, I'm gonna give this two and a half, same as Megaboa, because I didn't like it as like it's a better movie, but I didn't have as much fun with it. You're, but I mean, like, <laughs> you're, you're, I, 
it's just I'm, I don't even know what to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm also giving it two and a half, um, but to, I want to make clear that that's I gave Mega Ball a one. <laughs> so <laughs> to me, is uh, definitely oh, definitely the better definitely the better of the two. Like you uh, can have a movie that's better, but like like you can say, okay, I think this is a better made movie, but I, I put a high a higher value on the entertainment value I got out of it. I no, no I do too. But, yeah. We understand. You're, we just think it's insane. We just think you're insane, yeah. <laughs> we uh, all were more entertained by this than we were by Megaboa. Except you. Matt has, Matt has just been a chaotic person lately. <laughs> Even in our, in our message threads, he's been throwing out crazy takes lately, but it's okay. We understand. I mean, we don't, but we do. He hasn't slept in like however long he's had his second baby. So almost, almost six weeks. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's on six weeks of no sleep. Yeah. So, so he's I he's understand. slowly unraveling. It's okay. We get it. Yeah. Be nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I um, uh, I mean, I'm I'm more aligned with Tom on this than uh, than Trev. Um, uh, but I mean, we're only going to differ by half a star, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do a, a three for 2025 Armageddon. That's obviously on like the Asylum scale, not on the like real yeah, movie. Yeah, it's like a minus three out of minus five. Yeah, it's not like on the like same <laughs> scale as I would say, like you know, I don't know, like Raging Bull or something. If I could throw out like one final comment though, that will kind of because I I wouldn't what would be a Trevor appearance on this podcast if I didn't try to annoy a lot of your audience. Um, it's not that less entertaining than destroy all monsters, honestly. So, <laughs> well, that's going to be a divisive take. Even Let's, on uh, even even on this podcast, I I will disagree with you, but I know Tom would probably side with you. I think that's the cold open bird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just saying. I know Tom is. You don't uh, want people turning this off in the first five seconds. You know, people yeah. don't listen to us to begin with. What does it matter? <laughs> But yeah, Tom is is cool on pretty cool on Destroy All Monsters. I'm I'm yeah. pretty lukewarm on that movie. Yeah, I am too. It, I feel the same way I do it, where it's like it's a potential not realized. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 that spectacle portion of Destroy All Monsters is rad, but yes, the rest of it leaves a little a little. Uh, the spectacle portion of that is quite a bit better than the spectacle portion. Yes, yes. That is true. Um, all right, so uh, that's that's uh, that's your asylum stuff for for I don't know. I feel like at least once a year we get together about the asylum. So for now, we'll see. Oh, I know they got. I wonder if they're going to do anything for uh, the Meg sequel because that's coming out this year, right? They probably will. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, they will. So. They usually will have a Megalodon movie to go. And like I said, we'll definitely be back for uh, Ape versus Mega. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No avoiding that one. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, that's what we got. Um, I guess we can, we can sign off. Anyone have any last, uh, questions, comments, emotional outbursts? No, I'm good. Yeah, okay. I think I got it all out. This, this was the, the, the inclusion of Megaboa aside, this was fun. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you everyone out there for listening and, uh, we'll see you next time.
Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. Make sure to subscribe for all the latest episodes. You can also check us out on Twitter at KT underscore podcast. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Kaiju Transmissions. And you can email us at kaijutransmissions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. And we will see you next time.